This podcast contains information, theories, and speculation based on the A Song of Ice and Fire books by George R.R. R. Martin. It can and will spoil future episodes of the HBO television series Game of Thrones. This is your one and only spoiler warning. If you're looking for our non-spoiler podcast on Game of Thrones, please look at our feed archive for Sunday night and Tuesday afternoon releases or visit baldmove.com for our entire catalog. Hey everybody, welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, spoiler edition, brought to you by Bald Move. You can, of course, find everything we do on baldmove.com. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me for the first time on the spoiler edition is... I d- it's Jim. I don't know what to feel about this, because I've never listened to a single one of your spoiler casts, for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. And I feel like even if I did, it would not prepare me for this new and, you know, whatever, improved, maybe, version so earlier today, I sat you down and I showed you three videos by Alt-Shift-X to kind of peel back some of the most crucial theories I think you need to join the spoiler participation in the early goings of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, namely, they were L uh, R plus L equals J. Mm-hmm. It was the Gravedigger theory, and it was, was Jon Snow really dead, those videos. I'll and, link those in the show notes. And also Daenerys, can she be burned? Oh, yes. Fire that's thing. A, that's yeah. a bonus one. Um, I, I want to get that in a minute. Uh, we actually filmed, uh, you know, this is a this is a kind of a popular porno move. Uh, we, we filmed his uh, Jim's defloweration. Okay. Uh, as he got a spoiler cherry right. popped. And uh, we're gonna, we, we actually posted this. It's already up on the website. just went up uh, by the time you're hearing this on baldmove.com. Uh, it's a club member exclusive, so you're going to have to pay a buck or two to see it. Um, but we, we, I show him the videos, and then we get his instant reaction and kind of discussion about how it changes his opinion. But mm. um, definitely encourage people to check that out. But I wanted to know... Uh, has your opinion of John coming back changed? Because you were definitely no way John's coming back, right? And I think I explained at the end of that video kind of why I'm no way John is coming back. It's basically because I'm stubborn, yeah. Uh, and and I I don't know. So I talked about it also. The generalities of this seem to make a lot of sense. Like you know, Melisandre could potentially bring bring people back from the dead, being you know. If, worshiping her blood god or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh we know that those people have the power to do that even if maybe not we haven't seen Melisandre do it yet mm-hmm. so like these ideas are kind of floating around the universe the and mechanics it makes a lot are of in sense. place yeah it makes a lot of sense to bring those things to Jon Snow at this particular moment right on uh, given that we have and in episode one and this is spoiler town I can talk about it all I want it's called the red woman so uh Unless there's another red woman hanging around Westeros, which there probably is. Sans got somewhere. red hair. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but the red woman certainly could be attributed uh, to Melisandre herself. So it could be an important episode for her. Uh, given the timing of it, I think it's significant. One thing you ask in your defloweration video uh, that I didn't have a ready answer to is how much of this is actually on screen. Right. And And yeah. I'm like, I know that there was definitely hints and winks to the viewer... And I, I wasn't aware of how much because Dan from Australia sent me a video that is a supercut of, like, all the hints to the uh, R plus L equals J theory over all the seasons. Oh, right. And there that was, like, theory, eight yeah. minutes of stuff that – I mean, do you agree that now that you know 
there was a lot, especially the scene with Littlefinger in the crypt talking about the tourney at Harrenhal. Like, he almost looks right at the camera and goes, wink. Yeah, so Littlefinger's reaction in, like, put into context with this particular theory yeah. is interesting because Sansa's like, oh, she was kidnapped and raped by Rhaegar and, like, may that's one way of looking at it yeah, and, and you can see the look on Littlefinger's face going well i'm gonna let you believe that which is kind of a i know we had a ball talking about this in the spoiler cast last year um but that's kind of a bombshell because it implies that maybe Littlefinger right knows that information somehow which i guess i would buy which cha- like, colors my opinion of what he's actually trying to do and, up in and the north. Would that also imply that Varys knows that? Because I feel mm-hmm. like it's hard for me to believe that. Well, I mean, that's not true. Um, Varys doesn't know everything that Littlefinger is right. doing and vice versa. But as far as their working knowledge of what's going on in the world and what has occurred in the world 20, 30 years ago, I feel mm-hmm. like both of them probably have 95% of the same info. Yeah, I, I would assume so. And it, it makes me wonder, like, you know, is is maybe Littlefinger after some control of Jon Snow or, mm. or to become a player in Jon Snow's game before yep. Jon Snow even knows there's a game to be played. Get all enmeshed in the Right, the he's up in the north, he's he's hanging out with Starks, he's doing because his if, thing if kind of off the radar. Because if he goes John, like, look, I've been looking after Starks, and I'm the only one that's been looking for for your guys' right. best interest this and whole time. And he can time. prove it. Who, yeah, who is alive that can contradict him? And, and there are people alive who can directly support that. It's I mean, like his sister, Sansa. Exactly. I so, don't necessarily agree with his methods, and I don't know about this Ramsey Snow business, but... I was definitely a goner in King's Landing, and he got me out of there, and he got me out of the situation with Tyrion. And and it also feels a lot more like a Littlefinger plot in the show to have him, you know, go to Cersei and say, I want to become Warden of the North, I want to do all these things, and kind of lay all of his plans out on the table when those, in fact, really aren't his entire plan. It also has a nice symmetry with Littlefinger... Uh, rope-a-doping Jon Snow in the same way that he did his father-slash-uncle. Okay. You know, that he kind of draw uh-huh. him in and convinced him to support, and I, I'm assuming he'll try to stab him in the back. Although, Jon Snow comes back after being stabbed in the back, like, I don't know, he's going to have his head on a swivel, right? I would think so. Yeah, yeah I don't know. This event will probably change Jon Snow in many ways. There will be a there will be a moment where Littlefinger's gambits fail him, unless, again, mm-hmm. that's the question I always ask, what is Martin playing at? If this is a bad ending, then perhaps, you know, Peter Baelish sits the Iron Throne at the end of all this. Right. With all the good people in Westeros <laughs> at his feet. I, I don't know, but... Uh, and I is is that a good ending? Is that a bad ending? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying know. objectively, yeah. qualitatively. I'm right. saying good versus evil. Okay. Like, Littlefinger... And that's the other thing, like, is... is I don't know what Littlefinger is. Littlefinger you know? on the... Like, yes, he, he was a shitbag getting to it, but may, he right. could probably be an effective leader if he wanted to be. There are certainly people I consider evil in this show. Yeah. Uh, some of the Lannisters, namely. I don't know that I qualify Littlefinger as that. He's ruthless. He is. He's cutthroat, but... Stannis is kind of ruthless in his own way, too. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's evil. So, yeah, no. there's definitely shades of gray in the show. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. 
Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Right. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we got into anything else um, is Davey Mack uh, started a, th- a thread on the forum section saying it's all great that you're bringing Jim into uh, the fold and that you're you know maybe saying that hey show watchers only might get into uh, but he pointed mm-hmm. out there was quite a few plot lines that are still from a feast or a dance that I thought that they're just going to skip some of them uh, some of them more minor. But I want to kind of review them, so if there are any show watchers that might want to nope out when we start, and it's like, oh, God, I didn't know there's this many topics left. Mm. Um, So they kind of, they they did a collaborative list. Davey Matt came up with, um, there's an epilogue of Dance with Dragons with Varys returning to King's Landing and doing some surprising things. Hmm. So do you want me to, do you want me to be a little bit protect you from some of these spoilers or should we just just discuss it because some of this stuff uh, is going to be a naked statement of fact that i don't know i think we should probably discuss it now i i don't know after seeing like some of the theory videos Mm -hmm. i don't know that show watchers only have any business in this section at all okay because i was shocked at how little of the theorizing came from the show yeah and how much of it is from the books i mean there's definitely the bones of it in the show but there's going to be but more things so to subtle come. Yeah. If, if they're there at all i mean uh, the stuff with the hound is like all spoilers like hardcore spoilers that's from, from this the season. book that will presumably that will spoil this part season, of the yeah. show right so uh, like if you're a show watcher i'm i might have misspoken before i saw these theories uh-huh. you might want to stay out of this well, that's but like, I think here we should just go for it. Okay. Like, don't don't worry about my spoiler. All right. So, so Varys comes back to King Lannister. Uh, uh, Kevin Lannister comes back after Cersei's disastrous reign. Okay. So, where was he sent? He was sent to some island. He, he, well, he and, and it's, it's, it happens differently, and but he returned to Lannisport and says, "Fuck okay. you, and right. you're, you can you can run this into the ground," mm-hmm. and she does. And in the books, he comes back and kind of starts writing the ship because Kevin, maybe he's not as good as his brother, but he's not a fool. Yeah. He's got a good head and a shoulder. He starts writing the ship of, that is the state. 
And Varys pops out of the shadows and says, eh, can't have this, and shoots him with a crossbow. What? Murders him right in his own chambers. Another crossbow killing in the chambers? Is, yep. it, in the, is it in the shitter? It's not in the night chamber. It's just okay. in his private chambers. Um, a lot of crossbow. I mean, really, there are only a certain selection of weapons in this world. So so I think this actually will work well with the film, because right now Varys is there with Tyrion. Does he blame it on Tyrion? No, because this, like, oh, this is like a cliffhanger a in the books. Okay. Um, it's like, oh, what's going to happen now? Um, but I think it's interesting to have Tyrion and, and Varys working hand in hand. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can see over the over the over the narrow sea. They're seeing kind of Westeros get back into ship shape, and mm-hmm. if that's something they they plan to do together, because you know Tyrion's hate of his family extend to his uncle. I don't think there's any animosity there, but it's like, I don't well, think so, no. I can't. We can't have them make make. Westeros great again if we're going to want to bring Danny across as the rightful ruler so mm-hmm. is Tyrion in on that intrigue are they going to actually continue that plot line well you know it's another tidy way is like Cersei murders Kevin because she wants the power um, sure and she's got Robert Strong and I, 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 I don't know um, I mean Kevin's nowhere to be found at the moment so this will all have to happen yeah, I'm trying to think if he on. was when Cersei was being welcomed back into the Red Keep after her humiliation, oh, if he, he was, was in, in the scene. lineup of that. I don't recall seeing him, but it doesn't mean he wasn't there. Because I remember in the books, for sure, he sees this as kind of like her, she's a pitiful creature at this point, and mm. he wants to roll up his sleeves and get to work. Yeah. Um, Lady Stoneheart, that's one that I was kind of like teasing you in the video, that not being uh, sure if you're ready for that jelly. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so Lady Stoneheart is some a shadowy figure you hear about that she's taking over uh, Beric Dondarrion's crew with the Thoris of Mirror, the Brotherhood Without Banners. Oh, God. You just said, like, 15 names I don't recognize. You do. Uh, uh, Beric Dondarrion, <laughs> he's the Lord of Light. He's the one that gets resurrected, and he fights the Hound, okay, and the yes. Hound kills him. And right. they've got this little, like, almost Robin Hood band where they're just looking after the little guys. Okay. Trying to right wrongs as best they can. Late This, this character called Lady Stoneheart, and you hear from, like, apocryphal, not apocryphal, um, word on the street is that she is running it a lot more ruthlessly and is, is, is hunting Boltons and Lannisters. So she's become the head of this? Yes. This Beric Dondarrion organization? The Brotherhood Without Banners. Okay. Okay, so I think I'm straight on that. <laughs> you find out eventually that uh, three days after Catelyn Stark is murdered and thrown into the river, mm-hmm. they find her bloated body on the side of the, the river and Barrick is moved. This is like on his seventh resurrection. He's moved to, uh, I can't remember how it goes down, but essentially he transfers his life force to her. Catelyn's back. And she's resurrected as a very disgusting, waterblogged, zombie version of Cat. <sighs> That's amazing. She can't talk because her throat's slit, and she just kind of hisses. And but but oh god, yeah. And she's running these kangaroo oh, I hope trials. They put that on screen. Uh, it, it, it's kind of amazing. Um, and she uh, eventually Brienne crosses her path, and she is pissed with Brienne because she did not bring back any of her daughters. And she's and also guess what Brienne's carrying? Jamie Lannister's fucking lion sword. Right. And this right. looks very suspicious to Kat, and sure. there's a cliffhanger in the books where she's hanging uh, Brienne uh, for, for treason to her. And like, where does it end? Like, is, is as she... Brienne's losing consciousness. And oh, she says, wow, that far in. Because Bri- uh, uh, Lady Stoneheart gives her a command that you can choose uh, the rope or the sword. Like, you can be hung as a tra- traitor, or you can vow to go kill Jamie Lannister. 
trouble is they didn't realize just how tall she is, and her feet <laughs> wouldn't she's dangle. Like, I'm, she I'm just, still, I can touch. Guys, I can this, touch. see this? I can get a hand through the rope. It doesn't... But it ends as Brienne's being hung. She gasps out... Um, huh. She gasps out a word, but Martin doesn't reveal what the word is. Ghost. Well, sure. <laughs> Uh, but that that would be you know there that's kind of what I was talking alluding to yesterday in, in, in the earlier discussion we had on the spoiler video is that there's a little bit of an excess of people being brought back to life. You got the mountain, you got Catlin, you got right. uh, Varric, you got Jon Snow presumably. You know where is this going to stop? Because yeah. if everyone gets brought back to life, then what the fuck are we doing? Where's Ned? Let's get yeah, Ned sure. back up in this. We shit. got Ned's bones around somewhere. Right. Um, have him get him give some Jason and the Argonauts action. Uh, anyway, uh, Arya getting her sight back, uh, which he admits is kind of an easy thing to guess, but mm-hmm. you know, I guess she could be a daredevil type figure. Eliza from L.A. mentions the cold hands or Benjin theory, and I talked to you yesterday about this cold hands figure. Who's terrible this, name, but yes, he's, he's this white W I G H T. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one the undead corpse type figures that leads in in the books he's the one that leads Bran to the one eyed crow up right in the tree. he's possessed by the spirit of some no dude. one really so there's a, some theories that like this cold hands is actually Benjin because Benjin is kind of a mystery in the books he's the first ranger of the watch he's Ned's brother Jon Snow's uncle and he goes up north on a ranging and he dies and that's the thing that motivates the old bear to take the whole ranger force out and force to go try to find him mm-hmm. and figure out what the fuck is going on up north some pe- i don't know why people expect him to come back into the story but there's so many theories that there's a, that <laughs> i'm uh, you, you're going to laugh there's theories that Benjin is actually Dario Nyquilis. oh my god there's theories that Benjin is this other character we're going to meet this season who's one of the Greyjoys. There's theories that he's actually Cold Hands. I and and she's mentioning that there is some speculation that Cold Hands and or Benjin is shown in this season's trailer. I've seen that footage. I'm not convinced, and I'm not. I don't think Cold Hands is Benjin. I don't think Cold Hands has any port, part to play in the story at this point. That okay. that's kind of just a you know. I think in the books it was interest. It was. It was introduced to because I'm personally of the my my fan inside me wants to see Jon Snow animate as a white and then somehow to warg into that zombie body because mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool to then because the, the problem with the white is you don't have a brain and much the same way that you know Cold Hands was existing as an independence intelligence or maybe he's being puppeted by the the one eyed crow. Uh, that that would be cool for John to essentially be steering a meat puppet version of his own body. Yeah. And creepy. And oh, yeah. And he can still be kind of heroic. It also gets away, you know, with what Barrett told us about every time he comes back, he's he's slightly less of himself. Well, John, if he wargs in to, say, ghost mm-hmm. temporarily, his body returns to life and he wargs back into it, potentially he could be 100%. I don't know. Uh the Hound Lives, this is the Gravedigger theory, that's something that is almost certainly because Ian McShane was cast as Septon Maribald, um, who is right. a big figure in this whole reveal that maybe the Hound is not quite dead, mm-hmm. um, with the ensuing, uh, you know, Gregor Bowl, the Clegane Bowl, rather. Yeah. Uh, Olivia D mentions the Lady Stoneheart again. Uh, G from Pasadena mentions Quentin Martell. So this is interesting. Who the fuck is that? In the books, Doran, the the uh, pr- uh, Prince Bashir, 
of, mm-hmm. of Dorne. He actually has this marriage pact that he entered a long time ago with the person who is the guardian of Danny and her brother that he was going to marry his eldest son to her and he'd have a secret alliance with the Targaryens to return them to power at the pro- proper time. So his son, the prince, would become king and Danny would be his queen. Um, his son is Quentin, and he's sent over to treat with Danny in Dances with Dragons, or maybe it's Feast. Like they're, they're, the books are kind of one unit. Um, and she rejects him because at this time she's already married Hisdar. Hmm, okay. Uh, the Lorac. Mm-hmm. And he, when she disappears, he gets into his mind that he's going to go tame the dragons himself. And he goes down to you know assert his dominance over them, and they burn him up. That makes sense. Um, and that's where it ends for for for, for his part. Um, okay. Now, what I'm scared is there's a prominent scene in the trailers of Tyrion going down to the crypts to visit the dragons, and yep. it, and it's edited in such a way that they're suggesting that these dragons are going to try to roast him. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be pretty pissed off if they just made Tyrion into Quentin and he gets burned up for a case of hubris. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't want Tyrion to go out that way. I feel like Tyrion, you know, he's either going to be damn sure of his dragon knowledge before he goes down there, or he's just not going to go down there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure what to make of that, but that's the other big kind of... Um, plot dangling plot line from the books um and then the whole thing with the you know we, we talked about the, the the whole thing with the Greyjoys, the fact that in the in 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 the books um uh papa Greyjoy dies off pretty quickly and then there's this big thing called the king's moot where the iron islanders try to elect their newest king and they have this whole like almost like a <laughs> A contested uh, 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 convention where everyone goes and and they put their best claim forward, and um, uh, he's got a brother, Victarion, which is this big, famous warrior, and he's this very uh, 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 very fierce guy, um, a, a very respected warrior. He's got another brother, Euron, which is almost like a pirate guy, and then he's got uh, his his daughter throws her hat into the ring and says, mm-hmm. I want to be your queen. And they elect Euron on the strength of him having this crazy dragon horn that he claims can control dragons that he found from his sailing in the, you know, the undying lands where the... Valerian. Yeah, yeah. old Valeria. So... Huh. He then sends his brother Victarion on a mission to make a, a marriage proposal to Danny. So, like, Danny has She's no shortage of, of suitors yeah. at the point. Yeah. So that I think that's pretty much all the dangling plot lines. So you, as you can see, there's a there's a fair amount of stuff that still needs to be addressed. I was surprised because I thought they were just going to eliminate the Iron Islanders, which I thought means that that was a, just a red herring in the books. Um, that's you know just to mm-hmm. distract you from what Martin really was wanting to do with Danny. But right. uh, now it seems like maybe that's pivotal. Okay. What? Which so- means though I I don't like the Greyjoys and I don't like their plot lines. Which means I have to entertain all plots and theories involving them going forward. So <laughs> I, I shut so that shit out. down last year because I'm like, yeah. there's no fucking way they're going to do the King's Moot. There's no fu- it's, it's it's no never too late. It's essentially the Council of Elrond, only dumber. It's no <laughs> way they're going to bring it back. But apparently they're going to bring it back. Talk to me about Theon. Okay. Because I saw Theon in the previews. Sure. Uh, so I've seen still shots of Theon and Sansa cl- crossing a river. Um, so I guess they jump into the moat around Winterfell. They can't reach the moat from the wall, can they? I don't know. I mean, come on. They jump in the snowbank, and as far as I'm concerned... I'm- but I've seen them crossing a river. So 
I don't know, bad idea in the, the cold Winterfell region, but whatever. Um, then I saw Theon getting a hug from Marjorie. Really? I swear to God that's in the trailer. Okay. I have no fucking clue how that's going to happen because I don't want to see Sansa go back to King's Landing. And it looks like she's still in her cell where the, the sparrows put her. So No, see, I think you saw Marjorie hugging, uh, the, hugging her brother. Who from the back looks a lot like you know they got got the same curly hair maybe but I mean it's a cut directly from Theon to that scene he's wearing the same type of like tattered clothing yeah I think they're just the editors fucking with you man because I can't I can't if imagine so, right. I can't imagine the 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 South and the North plots crossing that much that's what I was thinking okay like how the hell is this gonna happen uh, okay. so maybe maybe it is her hugging him but man their cloaks look torn in the exact same ways and. Well, that would make sense it's because crazy. Theon's been living as Reek and also... Um, right, he's essentially been living as a prisoner for all this time. Yeah, what was his name? Lor- um, Marjorie's brother. Uh, Loris? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Loris, or Loris. And he's been wasting away in the dungeons of the, the Faith of the Seven, the, the right. Sparrows. So yeah. it would. I think that they're just fucking with you on the editing there. Okay, could be. Uh, but yeah, the other thing about interesting about Theon is Theon is by blood and uh, right. He is actually the king. Right now, he doesn't have penis nor testicles. Uh-huh. We think might be a complication. Uh, did, you know, he's missing one or both. The king, he still has a right to be king. He's just not. He's not going to be able to preserve s- the lineage exactly. And, right. and I think that would probably. And also, the Iron Islanders are not exactly an enlightened uh, strain of folk. Sure. I think you not having balls. Yeah. Although. You know, his his sister made a pretty strong claim that no one was, like, rejecting because she's a badass in her own right. Mm-hmm. But she could she could mother children, you know, whereas That's he's true. just like, yeah. I think the Iron Islanders would be like, hey, man, you can't, you, you're just postponing the king's moot another 15, 20 years. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody likes you anyway. Your own father didn't like you. But he has a right. You're a wolf, you're half wolf. Yeah, no, he's it's got the right. right. He can scream, it's my right. I just or... don't know the Iron Islanders give a shit. <laughs> right. I'm so. Sure. But I think it's interesting that in the books, uh, our, 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 uh, Yara, or whatever her name, because I can't remember which what's her name in the books, because they changed her name from the books to the show. Who? Yara, Say Theon's the show sister. name. I don't, it's Yara. I don't Yara? know. I don't think that's okay. her name in the show. I think they changed it. I'm or maybe, not sure. Maybe it was something. I only know what she looks like. I have no idea what her name is. Okay. Anyway, in the sh- in the books, they they never she never finds out about Theon, or never des- de- definitely doesn't meet. And I wonder if they had her try to rescue him and hurt him shrink away from her as a way for her to justify in her mind why she can go ahead and yeah do this king's moot and and throw her hat in a ring for the crown. Yeah. Because otherwise, be. I would think she would fight for her brother to be like, well, he's the king in, in exile or the king in prison. We need to go rescue him. Right. Okay. Um, now we're caught up to speed. I want to move on to Matt S., who shared with me a theory that's backed up with a YouTube video about whether Game of Thrones is, in fact, not in, in like some kind of past or not in an alternate Earth, but it's actually a post-apocalyptic Earth. Okay. So future Earth. Now this is a very hoary science fiction fantasy trope. You've got Planet of the Apes. You got Fred Saberhagen's, uh, you know, swords. I mean, the idea that there's a nuclear war that bombs us back in a Stone Age, and then we reemerge thousands of years later at a medieval, and oh my God, it's not the past; it's the future. Right. Battlestar Galactica. There you go. I don't. I don't think. I feel like Martin 
that that would be too tropey for him because I feel like he's trying to write a science fiction fantasy series and break all the tropes. Yeah, I personally I would hate that. I would groan because so loud. The rules of this world are apparently completely broken in George Martin's rules. Well, that's the thing. That's usually an like element of it is that the apocalypse made a profound change to the way the earth works. Oh, how? Well, how did it make a change to the way that physics as we understand it works? Well, like in the um, Saberhagen like, series, there was a, a supercomputer that was like the earth's defense network. And mm-hmm. it actually in kind of a way like the metamorphosis of prime intellect as a de- last ditch effort to save humanity did this change. And it like rewrote the rules of physics and whatnot. And, and, as a result, mankind was reduced to like a you know Bronze Age existence. Okay, and now nuclear nuclear radiation was turned into demons. I feel like that's a layer this show doesn't techno- need. No, no, I'm and shouldn't have. I'm entirely. Uh, this, would, this would kill my enjoyment of the series. Th- this would be a very. It'd be kind of like realizing that the whole series took place in the dream snow of globe. an autistic boy who had a snow globe. Right. Like, nobody wants that shit. No. <laughs> so. The theory might be consist- internally consistent, but I'm not a big fan, Matt. Uh, Fern from New York City said, based on the trailers, it looks like we're going to see some Tower of Joy action in a flashback. Everyone has heard at this point of R plus L equals J, but I recently heard the theory that R plus L equals J and M. This theory submits that Ned's sister had twins at the tower, and Ned and Howland Reed discovered that they split uh, the kids up Star Wars style, and Ned takes John, and Howland Reed takes Mira. Which is the brother of Jojen, who is now chilling up with Bran up in the hollowed-out tree with Dar- Saruman the Dingy. Wait, the sister of Jojen? Yes. Okay. Mira. Uh, I, in the show, Mira, I believe, is around John's age and looks more like John than Jojen Reed. Your thoughts? I, I instinctively don't like any theory that tries to put a spin on R plus L equals J. Okay. Because even if you can find some problems with that theory, or even if you find support for others, the overwhelming evidence points to the John thing. If you want to, and, and and what would it mean if Mira is his sister? And, and they've like what what new possibilities would that actually add mm-hmm. to the plot that wouldn't yeah. further complicate it or dilute the whole Song of Ice and Fire? I. I just can't imagine. Like, if they want to do that on the show, they've already fucked it up because that girl's too young. There's no way in hell that girl's a twin with... You don't think so? Because I think she could roughly no. be... Yeah, I you think, think she plays I think she's younger. Bran's age, and Bran looks much younger than I think John she's Snow. older than Bran. You think so? Yeah, I think she's hmm. like... I, I feel like... Well, it's hard to tell because Bran's grown up. But right, right. I, I feel like that she's roughly two years or so older, her and Jojen both. Okay. Jon Snow is, what, eight years older than Bran? Like, something... The Close thing is to. that ages of these kids are all fucked up because the timeline is this weird kind of like it, – it, it's it's adhering into the, the details of the book. But in the book, everything's condensed much further. You got – Right, but you know, I can look at Bran and I can look at her and I can say they're about the same age. And then I can look at Bran and Jon Snow together in Winterfell yeah. and I can say they're nowhere near the same age. Because that's the thing. Like Bran's supposed to be like eight – but in the show, he's looking like he's a teenager, like an 18, 19-year-old. Right. John was supposed to be 16 or maybe even 15. And in the show, he always was like playing like an 18, 19-year-old. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, if they wanted to go that direction, years, they fucked they, it up. But, but if I don't think five years of real showtime has passed. You have to kind of imagine. And just in casting alone. Yeah, the Arya is no longer an 8-year-old girl, clearly. Right. But Obviously. I think you're supposed to understand that she is young still. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's that's one of the things that it's tough when you cast these child actors, and they've all been excellent. Like they sure. really knocked it out of the park with all these young child actors. Mm-hmm. But they grew up, and you know, you can't. I guess they decided that recasting them would not be an option because they are just visibly aging out of the roles, and there's not much you can do about it. Right. You know, they had the same thing with Walking Dead and Chandler Riggs. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tyler S. has a bunch of kind of recaps and, and thoughts uh, for how he thinks things are going to go down this, this year. Uh, you know, Sans and Theon jump off of Winterfell's walls. They obviously survive. In the books, they join Stannis' camp, which is no longer an option because, in his opinion, Stannis is definitely dead. That's what we should talk on. Okay. Is Stannis dead or not? Because I'm sticking with the theory. Yeah, he's dead. He tells Brienne to do her duty, mm-hmm. and then the camera cuts away. As she raises her sword, As she right? raises yeah. her sword, but it's not like this show to shy away from showing somebody getting his head cut off. Right. I still <laughs> I still am a 50-50 whether he's alive or dead, because I think it's somewhat interesting for Brienne to somehow redeem Stannis. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm on board with the... I'm the other way, 50-50. Okay. Uh... Well, you're in good company with Tyler here. My best okay. guess is Littlefinger will return with an army from the Vale. Sans and Theon will team up with him to take down the Boltons. I predict Sans will be the one to kill Ramsay with perhaps an assist from Theon, since he also deserves a little poetic justice. Sansa will then unite the North around her, and maybe we can get a second Red Wedding in to take care of the phrase. Um. Okay. I that's a pretty that's a pretty good theory. I think Sansa could certainly unite the North around her. Right. The North uh, remembers. There's also an idea that Sansa might take the place of Lady Stoneheart. Like, because uh, she's got reason to be no, pissed at Brienne. Please, no, I want zombie Catelyn. I really want to see that. But in, 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 uh, something I came up with last year is this term, uh, uh Martin's Razor. Like, if you take <laughs> all the characters in the books and you try to, like, what are they all doing? Is there any way we can take two or three characters and splice them into one? Uh-huh. Like, narrative economy would say that. Sansa has a motive to be pissed at Brienne. She's got a motive to hate the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. She could easily step in and take the essential role, which is to give Brienne this dilemma of whether she fulfills her oath to Catelyn Stark or betrays her now dear friend, Jamie Lannister, who right. she has learned to respect and see he's a much more complicated figure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's I, I go back and forth about that. Uh, the other thing... Talking about the North now and what may or may not take place up there is in the preview, I can see that it looks like, I think his name's Tormund, the red-haired wildling guy. Yeah, the giant. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of leading the wildlings down south, and he comes across the Bolton army. You Sharp You can see eye. the flayed man's yep. shields yep. and banners. Yep. So apparently there's going to be a big battle there, it, although it looks like the wildlings are kind of surrounded and surprised and yeah. might be getting fucked. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know where, you know, Stannis's army would factor into that or Sansa's army if she has one. Yep. Um, but it seems like the Wildlings are going to make their way south. Yeah, and so that's a, that's an, another kind of Occam's Razor clusterfuck situation because in the books, the Battle of Winterfell hasn't happened yet. Stannis's army has not reached. Oh, wow. They're still mired in the increasing de- depth of snow. So Stannis is still alive? Stannis still alive, and he's leading. He's, he's It's essentially right before Shireen got burnt in, this, in the TV show. Wow. He's, okay. he's stuck, and he's snowed in, and he's got this force, but he can't. It's, it's, it's winter's coming, and it's increasingly hard to get down. Uh, you also have Jon... Trying to lead an army of wildlings down to reinforce them because Ramsay 
Bolton sends a letter to goad him into doing it, essentially. Um, okay. Although that's that's another. I did a whole theory about who actually wrote the letter that claims to be Ramsey Bolton. Right. Um, Might be Littlefinger. <laughs> who knows? Uh, but you'd have to go back and listen to that podcast. By the way, all of the archives I, I and every – uh, show notes for the spoiler section. I have a link that has all the topics I've discussed and the time stamp. If you want to jump right to like the pink letter theory, you find the podcast that covers it and it's got the time stamp in the podcast. You can just go on the website, find it and listen to that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously John gets killed because the black, the, the black brothers are horrified that he's going to take part in, you know, South of the wall politics uh, which was the motiva- more of the motivation for why he gets killed. It's it's a lot okay, of things, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You're really going to lead a force of the brothers and the wildlings and weaken the wall in this particular time to satisfy a personal vengeance? I feel like they didn't make that super clear in the show. They didn't. Well, and I don't think they have to because the important thing is John gets right. killed because the Black Brothers feel betrayed by him. Right. It, it's still wrapped up in the Wildlings, and they're not happy about that, and I understood it. But but I can kind of see them, like, Tormund deciding to go do this for because he likes Jon Snow and he wants vengeance for him, and yeah. he doesn't trust the Black Brothers anymore, or maybe they feel like they need to conquer to, to make a space. I, I don't know, but there's there's these two armies, you know, obviously Stannis has been destroyed, but you still got the wildlings and they got the thing in the trailer. I don't yeah. know. And it makes me wonder if Littlefinger knows exactly what's going on up at the wall um, with these wildlings and stuff, and if he's yeah. going to be maybe as surprised as, you know, the Boltons might be by this army coming down. That Littlefinger, he's uh, he's an interesting guy. And again, his, his plan in the books and his plan in the show is not is not the same. They've they've changed that probably because they know where mm. it, he's eventually going. Whereas in the book, everything is a lot more circuitous. Right. Uh, so he continues. Tyler does. As far as John's resurrection, here's my best prediction: the show will fake us out by having Melisandre attempt to bring John back and fail. At some point, Davos will confront mm. Melisandre about the death of Shireen. He may even attempt to kill her. While they are fighting, John will come back as a white and kill Melisandre. Davos will fight him off for a little bit, and right before John goes in for the killing blow, he'll warg back into his own body. He presumes, I think, that he's warging into Ghost first. Okay. The show would definitely have to set up the idea of warging again, and since that's been a full season since we saw Bran, they could also even set up the idea that Starks, all Starks can warg by giving Arya some wolf dreams or something. Hmm. I, we talked about this in the, the bonus thing that we recorded. She does there's have the a, eyes for it. There's a lot of way... Yeah. There... <laughs> There's a lot of ways that they can introduce this cinematically and, and not, you know, like when you hear this right. thing about, like you, you gave resistance to the idea that all Starks are wargs. Because I just don't feel like I've seen it on screen. You know, Bran started warging when he was crippled and near death. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very easy way to be like, well, Arya's blinded and she's got this moment of stress. So now she's got warg powers. Sure. And John is yeah. now dead and dying in the snow. He's got warg powers because that stuff is like. Was it a cheat when Bran could do it? Because if you accepted that, I feel like that's the exact same circumstances. Sure, yeah. And I, I think it's smarter, actually, to let Arya now with this. Like, instead of jumping straight to Jon Snow, um, it would impress upon me, look, it's not just Bran who's special, it's all of these kids. And with the right stresses or circumstances or robbing them of a sight or ability, it allows them to, you know, open up their third eye or whatever the fuck it is. And starts. Now, wouldn't theoretically John be the weakest warg of them all since he's only really a stark half blood well that's true of all the Th- children theoretically because you know uh catelyn was not a stark either she was a tully she got married 
So they're, they're uh, all... Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. they're not, Never they're mind. not Targaryens or Lannisters. <laughs> they're not what Lannisters, the yeah. They're not fucking each other. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Never mind. So it's, the Stark, it's the Stark blood. But he also likes uh, Bran's story arc um, mirroring Arya's because he thinks Arya will learn to shed her identity while Br- uh, Bran learns to embrace his. Arya will learn about death while Bran learns about life. The Tower of Joy flashback could be told as a, a flashback, as he says, but it also could be revealed through Bran's visions as he explores the Weirwood net. So that's much of what we're going to see Bran do if it goes along uh, the books, is he's going to learn how to use these Weirwoods to to both see the past, see and lend to the future, yeah. and also any like he's aware of anything that happens around the Weirwoods. Yeah. Fun fact... Like every major keep in the kingdoms has a weirwood grove as a respect to the old gods. Some of them are cut down. Do they okay. still have like? But you know, it's a a there was a time when they covered the entire land, so they know a lot. And there's a lot of like history. It's kind of reminds me of the whole. Did you ever see Avatar, the James Cameron deal? No. Uh, well, fuck, because I was gonna make this analogy about the Navi's trees and how they kind of retain the archival knowledge of their people somehow. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of that with the children of the forest and the Starks and the people that worship the old gods. That it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me because we we last heard Ned talk to John. He says, "When I see you again, I'll tell you about your mother." It wouldn't surprise me at all if some ghost version of Ned communes with John while they're both dead through some kind of warging weirwood thing. Okay. Yeah, you're breaking out to a cold sweat, I can see. <laughs> Too much fantasy. Can't handle. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, back in season three, he's talking about Rickon. Rickon and Asha split off from Bran's group before they reached the wall. Uh, he sent them to live with the Umbers, who, if you'll remember, the great John Umber got his... Uh, fingers bitten off by John's wolf before supporting him. Or not okay. John, sorry, Rob's wolf before uh, supporting him as the king of the north. Um, but he says that he thinks that John, he could see John sending Davos off to look for Rickon. Uh, this could lead to some of the stuff with Lord Manderley, but I think he will find Rickon and Asha and Greywater watch with Howland Reed. Perhaps Mira will decide to head south and meet up with him somehow. I don't know about that last part, but... Um, Howland Reed is Mira and Jojen's father. He's also the only living person who could testify if R plus L equals J is true that John is indeed yeah. the, the the true born son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Um it's interesting if if he's actually in Greywater Watch, because that would be a good way to put all that stuff together. That's Greywater Watch is the keep of Howland Reed. That's where he lives. Okay. Where roughly where it's is in, that on the it's map? It's south of the north. It's like that's the 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 neck where kind of Westeros figure eights and it goes skinny. There's like a whole swampy region, which is right. why the north is very hard to conquer. Like that, and Howland Reed kind of rules over that swampy Dagobah type terrain. Okay, and he so protects. it's somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Lord Manderly. I'm going to let that settle because I'm already blowing Jim's mind enough. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, so I think theories. I honestly would not mind seeing the Manderleys transformed into the Umbers, and you know, given given one of the Umbers, the Lord Manderleys, the North remembers speech. I Who's see the Manderleys? Yeah, I don't think you've introduced. They've been introduced yet. They're okay. one of Ned's loyal supporters. All right, so they would be quoting the North remembers that yeah. type of shit. And then so there's this there's this. Plot established in the book where there's this northern conspiracy where all the northern lords are secretly conspiring because they all love the Starks. Right. And they're secretly conspiring to overthrow the Boltons and return 
the Starks to some form of prominence. The mm-hmm. problem is no one's got a Stark. Uh, right. They're all kind of cast to the wind right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But there's that, that's where the conspiracy comes in. There's just a lot of theories that somebody knows that John, um, because in the books there's this plot where Rob Stark insists on on leaving a will, a will behind that legitimizes John and names him as the successor as the regent until Bran or Rickon come of age. That doesn't happen though. Well, that that document gets lost okay. after but someone's I feel like all of this shit is falling into Littlefinger's pockets. Like he had a Stark, I'm sure he sure. has this will. Like Yeah, yeah. So if that's the case, does does Littlefinger know about this conspiracy and if so, why didn't he use Sansa as a pawn instead of placing her in the belly of the beast. I don't think... Uh, this is the one thing I don't think Littlefinger would know and suspect. Really? A giant because, northern conspiracy? Because these, 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 this is very insular and it's very about Ned and the Starks okay. and he would be... Like, I don't know what... Even though he knew Catelyn well, that sort of thing? No, I don't think they trust... I, this is like... This is a northern business only kind of thing. Okay. But I could be wrong because Littlefinger's pretty good. Uh, Kevin F. wants to say... This season's obviously making book readers ask themselves, will they watch or not? Well, to me, the show has gone its own path in so many areas already. I just get a feeling that it's going to keep doing its own thing. The Double Ds know an outline of an ending, and I think that they'll forge their own path down that road. And when Winds of Winter and A Dream of Spring come out, I have a feeling the show just won't spoil the majority of the books. For one thing, neither books are finished. George can change his mind about anything at any time. So for me, I feel safe that I'm going to get two different experiences by the time it's all said and done. What do you guys think? I got a lot to say about this. Okay. What, how does it strike you as a primarily show first fan to hear this concept of George changing how the books end based on reaction to the show? Does that seem like dirty pool? No, I mean, I don't care because I'm not going to go read uh, 500,000 pages worth of books Uh after I've seen the show. Um, I can see where book readers might. Well, I don't know. Some some show watchers might get mad about it. What happens if the Double Ds insist that they had the true ending, and George is like, "Nope, you just fucked it up. My ending's the good one." I don't know how the imagine, world deals with that. Because here's like, the thing: like th- this is only comes into play if the next two, three seasons of, of Game of Thrones are a fiasco, and everybody's like, "Wow, right. this is a classic. Started off well, got lost in the middle, and ended terribly." I'm slightly afraid of that, given you know that the vision was George's and. Now we're not we don't have George in the mix as much. Yeah, you know. Um, but you if take, that comes take to the pass, meat out of the stew, and and then George, re- it, 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 assuming he eventually releases, because there's this idea kicking around the fandom now that like, what if the story gets out and it's done, and like maybe people don't like it, or maybe they're indifferent, or maybe they love it. Does George finish the series? Uh, if they love it. I mean, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, it's, I, it's I think he's of, got to, no matter what creator, happens. As the creator, having your work taken away and adapted before you get a chance to tell it yourself, like, the motivation to continue has got to be... Right. Especially if he's just going to write the rest of the show into his books, right? Yeah. Like, if he's not going to change anything, yeah. it almost might seem like a waste of effort to write the books... I, I don't yeah. know. Just pay somebody to write down what they saw on screen. <laughs> now, as a person who watched the first season or two and then later got into the books... I got to say that I didn't feel like the books – I mean, obviously the books were spoiled as far as their big their big points. Sure. But I was impressed by how much more depth of depth and how much more complexity and how much the stuff with the prophecies and, like, the people theorizing about things. 
Like, there's a lot of stuff still to enjoy about the books, even if you've seen the series. So I'm oh, not yeah. afraid. Like, if if George finishes it and it's good, I think I'll really enjoy reading the books. It's going to be a weird experience to have like the snake eat its tail here. Yeah, but I, I guess the only time I'm going to get upset is if the next couple seasons are bad, people yep. don't like it. And then it's like, okay, well, what's George going to do now? So it's a scary thing for me because that's the only scenario in which I get upset if the show sucks. Yes. Um, I think everybody would be upset. No one wants the show to suck for lots of reasons. Right. Uh, And since I'm probably not going to read the books, I don't care so much about whether it's accurate to those or not. But I will say I think they have an uphill battle coming into these last few seasons because, like I said on the preview cast, I think instinctively there's going to be a negative reaction from book readers to the show. Um, they're just going to have this reflexive recoiling from something that isn't George R.R. R. Martin. And I, well, not I worry that. that that will color the conversation and maybe sure. color the perception of the final few seasons. And I think if they're not excellent and people aren't just blown away by them, yes. there's a good chance that people will come away going either it was mediocre or it was bad and having a sour taste. Well, especially since this whole cottage industry of the spoilers and the tinfoil and the theories have grown up. And, you know, people say, I have my pet theory. Uh-huh. Well, if your pet gets murdered, are you happy? Like, and even if you're still even holding if, out hope and you get angry and you're like, yeah. well, George will write it into the books. Yes. Then, then you're, then, like, doubly angry with, with, at the show. Like, with the Stannis shit. People were so mad at what they perceived as betrayal of a character, but... But in the years since then, I've come to appreciate that I don't know how it'll happen in the books, but I do think that Shireen gets burnt and Stannis is probably behind it. Um, so, like, a lot yeah. of these and, – and so you're going to – where there's people have their pet theories. They're going to be disproved and they're not going to want to admit it and they're going to say the double Ds are ruining it. And, right. And then you know, you can't prove them right or wrong until the books come out. And when the hell is that going to happen? So – it's it's a dangerous game they're playing, but it's exciting in a weird way. Yes, like I just want to see the fallout from all this. Sure, it is going good or bad. Yeah, it, it, things could get intense here. Right, this season. And if like, I were in the middle of it, I'd be I'd be shaking in my boots. But I'm not. I'm an outsider, just right. kind of watching the show, having fun. But I, that's what I we we covered this a little bit in in the uh, the special edition spoiler podcast uh, or video. Where it's like there's a situation, there's a scenario where both fan bases are pissed off. Yeah, like you know, you the 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 book readers are pissed because their pet theories aren't coming to fruition, and the show readers are pissed because the show's not as. Or it's like it's getting you know because we we point out a bunch of different things that the show has had to do that might not. It, it's kind of like driving four wheeling over broken ground. You know, like they change things about the how the hound died, and that's going to make it harder to believe that he could get res. You know, there's yeah. a situation where you could piss off both groups of fan bases, and I don't know what happens. But it goes down as a big debacle, I think, and this kind of thing probably doesn't get done again for a long time. Yeah, where the series isn't complete, and they're just making shit up as they go along. Yeah. Uh, Andy B says, I've been doing a rewatch of season five in preparation for season six and also listening to both the recap and spoiler podcast of each episode. Holy shit. Mainline and bald move. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not a book reader, but since I'd already completed season five last year, I figured it'd be okay to listen through the spoiler cast. I love all your tinfoil theories and evidence used to support them. I also have some questions relating to theories and prophecies and also Martin's writing progress. Is Martin as careful at crafting mysteries as we give him credit for? 
For many tinfoil theories, we look very, very closely at the specific wording used by Martin to try and extract the hidden meaning, i.e. Gravedigger, Cersei's Prophecy, etc. Do you think Martin actually writes in the carefully worded clues for us to find, or are fans just too good at extracting theories from nothing, like theories based on language and numerology in the Bible? Is there maybe a Clash of Kings era theory later proven true that we can use as precedent? I wonder if the obsessive... Obsession fans have with digging through the complex language is one reason why Martin is behind schedule with the Winds of Winter. He has to write with extreme precision so that we don't jump to theories that he didn't intend. What do you think about this, Jim? Because <laughs> my position is I don't, sh- I'm not sure that George gives a shit about us jumping on theories he doesn't intend. In fact, I think he throws in red herrings as. Because he's telling this, like, in real life, history doesn't have a journey, a narrative journey that is going on. It's only right. in hindsight yeah. that you see that, you know, like, look at World War II. Uh, so many different parties and so many things going on, but it's not like it was preordained that the, you know, the Axis powers would fall apart and the Allies would win. And there's lots mm-hmm. of, like, there's an assassination attempt on Hitler that doesn't go anywhere. You know, real life is like that. And I think. My best days, I think Martin is trying to emulate that, where there's all kinds of plots, and then you get 360-degree insight on all of them, but they're not all going to go anywhere, because that wouldn't be realistic. Right. And it also has a side effect of throwing people off the scent of things. Sure. What do you think? Uh, Well, I don't know enough about the guy himself. Um, I don't really pay much attention to how he feels about, you know, the the show and the theories and the writing that he does. Yeah. but I can only imagine it's it's probably something that he thinks about. I mean, if if he – I don't know how much it influences him, but he's right. probably aware that people are digging through all these theories. Oh, yeah. And, right? Okay. I mean, there's this whole thing, this archive on – I think it's westeros.org called So Spake Martin. Okay. Which is just a nothing but con. a like scripture collection of chapter uh-huh. and verse of all the different con appearances and all the different emails and all the different stuff he right. said. Comic Con four seven says Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh so I think I know he's aware because he also makes like we talked about yesterday, but can Danny be burnt? Like right. he sometimes comments on the fans' commentary, like, No, he no, did, you're yeah. fucking wrong when they're completely off and left field. Uh-huh. Um, so it does influence him a bit, obviously. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Like, and I, it ultimately doesn't matter that much to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to answer direct to your question, I know that like the Red Wedding was heavily foreshadowed, and in right. and, and once you know that the Red Wedding is a thing, it's obvious. Um, I wasn't part of the fandom. I couldn't tell you that there was predictions made from a Game of Thrones and. Uh, you know, a, cla- a, a, a clash of swords and storm, no, a storm of swords and all that stuff that led into some of the stuff. I couldn't tell you, but I do know that I've seen the bones of that stuff that come fruition in the book two and book three. Hmm. Um, maybe there's some fans out there that was part of that or have done the research. They could, they could help us out with some concrete examples of predictions made. But, right, and a lot of the time we talk, you know, in some of these other shows, like Breaking Bad, for instance, how Vince Gilligan strip mines the past, right? And I think... That's a pretty good way to do it, right? You write you write these things that could be clues or might not be clues. Who knows? And then you take p- bits and pieces of those, and you you craft them into some other plot point later. Yeah. As far as why it's the reason for his delay, I don't. I think it's just really hard to get this big sprawling plot landed. Like probably he, yeah. it, one of the reasons probably. he said it took so long to take do feasts and dances because he had the situation where well fuck Danny's and. 
Essos, and I need her to get the Westeros, and I got this stuff, and I need to happen, and then they're they're crossing the seas, and like, how do I bring all these plots together? I would like to see his planning board. And he thought that he was the worst was behind him, but apparently not, because like, okay, now you've gotten all the characters where they want to, they need to be. Now, what do they do to get to the right. end game? Like, what must the process for breaking this story be like? I don't. For breaking the next Game and of Thrones book? He's famously a gardener rather than an architect. You okay. know the difference? Yeah, yeah. Gardeners, Gardeners like, just I got these plants characters. The seeds and, and sees they, what happens. They do what they do. And right. the architect's like, I need these pieces and these the, these places. So, But I'm at sh- some point, the, the gardener must become an architect if he's going to end a he's series. He's got to get the garden weasel out. He's got to get the hoe. He he's got to start tending to the crops. Otherwise, the thing never ends. You're right. Like he's If he wants a conclusion... He has to become at least partially an architect. Yeah, yeah. And I don't envy him his task because not only that, no. he's got hundreds of thousands of people breathing down his neck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, James F. says, Who do you think gets to King's Landings first, Danny or the White Walkers? And will Cersei be alive when they all get there? Oh, I think Danny gets there first. I, okay. Will Cersei be alive? I don't see Cersei making it out of this story alive. Yeah, She's I don't want her to. I, I hate her so much. Um, yeah. You know, season five tried me tried to make me feel a little sympathy, but honestly, she she brought it on herself. Mm-hmm. So not much sympathy there. Plus, there's super. Oh, I mean, she's got a she's got a prophetic death that's already been right. identified. Right. And there's a whole bunch of theories about you know what goes on. You know, who's the identity of who's going to eventually kill her and all that. So it's like if you got a mm. if you got a prophecy that says you're going to die. After all, your children are dead, and all these things have come to pass. Like I feel like, satisf- if she lives, it'd be an aberration. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think she's she's done, and I think Danny is gonna gonna head over there first before the White Walkers get there. Especially now that she's paired up with Tyrion, I think he's gonna help that come about. Yeah, the Game of Thrones is not the type of show that, to me anyway, the White Walkers are on the the gates of King's Landing, and she comes in like a with a. Apache gunship dragon. Yeah. Just, although that does occasionally happen. That's essentially the Battle of the Blackwater, right? right. Which Stannis was spectacular. Had it circular, and I loved then it. Yeah. Tywin and Laura come in and with High Garden soldiers and they wipe out the. So they do. Yep. Maybe they do do that sometimes. Maybe. They do it twice in one Plus, series. Uh, so the White Walkers are still up at Hardhome, yeah? In force? En masse? That's the last we saw them. Right. Uh, so now, as I far don't know as we know. They just chill out there, but. They're, they're making their way down, but it's slow. Because they don't have, the, they're, they're not on and, boats, yeah. Right, and Hardholm is way up north. It's right? pretty far up north, yep. So they got a ways to travel before they get even to the wall. On foot, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and then it's a long slog to get to Winterfell and a longer slog to get to King's Landing. They've got a lot of ground to cover. Plus, there's there's a lot of evidence in the books, anyway, that the wall has some kind of magical protection. It's not just a wall of ice. Oh. It's actually a wall of magic that prevents whites from crossing it i didn't know that um which there's a popular theory that uh um it's a popular theory that there's uh, also some prophecies about the walls falling and there's this horn of joramund and this this horn of winter that you can blow and perhaps make the walls fall like very very jericho-ish is that what he blew up at hard home was that that horn no, but if you recall in the fir- in the first or second season when they're at the fist of the first man, that this is where the Rangers were all like ready to take their last stand against the White Walkers. Right. Yeah. Um, Jon Snow uncovers a cache of dragon glass weapons, mm-hmm. and there's also a brief shot of a 
cool ornate looking horn in that stash okay. as well, which is the book readers going woo, you know. Um, far show that's that's just you know that's that's not been mentioned since, but that and that could just be a wink to us, and that's really because there's a lot this this dragon horn and the horn of winter. This this stuff all is like kind of up in the air about what it really is going to do. Like it's kind of uh, these these kind of super weapons that mm-hmm. some people say, well, we found it and we tried it and didn't work, and other people say. We found it, but it was a forgery. And other people said we found it, but buried it. And other people said we never found it. Like there's all these different <laughs> con- uh, conflicting stories about it. I like that. Um, is Littlefinger in cahoots with the White Walkers? No I, fucking I don't way. Think so why would he want to be? I don't think he believes in their existence. Maybe that's his downfall. That he just okay. he's a man of reason and logic and plotting, and the fact that there's a supernatural evil force. You know, quotation marks around evil. Um, yeah. just, he, he won't accept, he won't account for that in his plans. Yeah. I, I, he does he has nothing to gain from joining forces with the White Walkers. I wouldn't think. Cause they would just kill him. I mean, that, but on the other hand, like it's the, you know, fifth element syndrome. Like why the hell does right, Zor Gary join will, uh-huh. up with the ultimate evil force? It's going to snuff out all life it's except stupid. for you. Right. Right, it's stupid. Like, is chocolate syrup running down your forehead <laughs> that, that big of a draw? It's a huge plot hole in that movie. Um, or he, you're just a maniac, and I don't think Littlefinger is a maniac. <laughs> he, he concludes by, can you ex- please explain why my autocorrect keeps changing Cersei to Mercy? Seriously, has autocorrect even watched this show? <laughs> Sometimes shit happens, man. You gotta train it. You gotta train it. Like, I, I finally got my autocorrect. to tra- it's, It knows about Daenerys, and it knows about Cersei. Right. All that stuff. Ephraim says, so I believe Arya is going to finish her training and fully become a faceless girl instead of dying as suggested in the podcast. Uh, the okay. Iron Bank could very well hire the faceless men to kill King Tommen, Cersei, or even Littlefinger, given that he was one of the people responsible to get the kingdom in a lot of debt. Wait, but the, the in the podcast I said she was going to die and become a faceless man. Like, that's the process of becoming yes, one of them. that's true. So I think I, I suggested both things. <laughs> Uh, Arya could conveniently be selected to be that assassin to do us the favor of killing Littlefinger and take the opportunity to cross names off her list. Valis Morghulis bitches, what do you guys think? <laughs> could Arya kill Littlefinger? Well, do you think the faceless men, with their whole emphasis on the death of individuality and the no one stuff, do mm-hmm. you think they would send Arya on a very personal mission to fulfill a contract? Uh, as a, maybe a final test? Like, see if she will do it. See if she she's all do about it. doing it. Like no, see if she'll go do something else and like where they know Littlefinger will be in proximity. Yeah, and then she goes up there and sees him and has to pass the test like she didn't with Marin Trent. Well, yeah. On the other hand, Jack, you know, Jackin's original pitch to her is you know a girl has many names and I can teach you how to collect them all. Like it's a mm-hmm. if if he if they come up with some kind of horse shit oh well, you're not allowed to assassinate people that you have a personal connection to that's not honoring the guy like I can see I sometimes wonder if Arya's path is to take all she can learn from the faceless men and then ultimately betray them maybe to go off on her and that might cost her her life I mean that sword is still hanging around needles still yeah she out buried there. it like right. she's like not you can there's they she is resisting the full transformation into no one and I don't think. I don't see her being a faceless man in the organization, and I think there's going to be some kind of horseshit thing that causes her to like be disillusioned with it and to break up with them. Okay, you know them trying to harsh, them blinding her for killing a guy that needs to be killing. That's that's step you know step one. <laughs> 
Who knows? Uh, what else we got here? Ryan uh, wants to know if wildfire could be a weapon used against the White Walkers. Hmm. I can't really find where this has been discussed. And interestingly enough, I don't think I've ever heard people mention the fact that wildfire, which is is kind of described as synthetic dragon fire, and you know, super powerful napalm. Oh, yeah. Why and 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 Tyrion. Uh, he doesn't know how to make it, but he knows the guys who do, and he used it, you know, very memorably in a strategy before. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen people talk about like how maybe you don't need dragons. Maybe the ingenuity of man working together could could forestall the army. Because what does the White Walkers do? We know that their their foot soldiers go up like you know wicker furniture. Yep. With lacquer paint. Right. Uh so what do they do if you got catapults with wildfire? Good question. I don't know. So good, you should get on Reddit and uh, see if uh, you... have they been stockpiling wildfire again? Or I don't think are, so. Is it still just depleted? I don't think so. The idea, I guess, is that there'd be caches of it still that's left to be discovered. Like that wasn't everything. It wasn't. I don't know. I thought they made a big point of it was like they needed to use it all. But uh, also, the how long have they been stockpiling it? Do you remember? Since the days of the old gang. Well, fuck. In the books. That's a now, long time. The then. other thing is the pyromancers in the books, and I believe the series, too, made a big point of like, hey, our fire-making abilities are really going into high gear now. And they huh. speculate because it's the return of, you know, it's, it's the return of all this magic and the dragons and the red star and the, the same reason the Lord of Lights, get whatever mystical powers the pyromancers use to make this shit are getting more and more effective. Hmm. So, I mean, that's in the books for a reason. Right. I mean, surely it's not just for Tyrion's little battle trick, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just foreshadowing dragon's fire coming in yeah i don't know either could be thematic uh so steve it was his imagination was fired up by our talking about we see Jon snow coming back around episode three that's something we just pull out of our ass sure yeah but it, it <laughs> ignited his uh, tinfoil imagination and okay. he said the way he sees it episode one the red woman melisandre tries to bring back Jon snow but the black brothers shut that shit down hmm which makes perfect sense. The episode right. ends with Snow getting torched on the pyre with the brothers saying the legally binding and now his watch is over, which is a crucial. If you think that Jon Snow is going to take part in big politics in Westeros, he's got to die so he can get rid of his old, you know, honor so bound. on the to, throne. To right. not hold lands and titles and do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, episode two is going to be the flashback to the Tower of Joy, which is essentially the opening of the eyes of the show watchers to the fact that he's got some royal blood in him. Episode three is the Red Woman and or Bran, presumably through some weirwood bullshit, tells Davos and others about the Tower of Joy uh, situation. Snow emerges from the fire. Seaworth becomes his assistant. Davos Seaworth becomes his assistant. They round up the northern troops and the leftover Stannis troops and fuck the Boltons up. Now, here's where it is a lot of hand-waving yada yada. Does Jon Snow emerge from the fire literally like Daenerys? How would how would he be resurrected? So Melisandre fails uh, in that they shut that shit down. And how how does he come back? I that's the thing. Like there's... she does her spooky shit while he's on fire, and and, and it's one of those things where she she thought it didn't work, but it really did, right? Uh, and that, that's kind of a trope, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, how how familiar are the Night's Watch brothers with? what Melisandre could be capable of. That's a good question. They've seen her burn people alive. 
Okay. But I don't, you know, they obviously don't know about the shadow baby stuff. Right. So, like, maybe they're just like, Jon Snow's dead. We don't give a fuck what you do with his body. Uh, and they let Melisandre take it. Well, see, I, the, uh, man, because I feel like the Black Brothers killed Jon, but even the, the, the you know, Sir Guyliner, the one that's the most anti-Jon. Is that not not Alistair, right? Yeah, Sir Alistair. Alistair? Okay. I think there's a measure of, like, respect and also... Sadness that they can't like like it wasn't like a triumphant Jon Snow. I'm finally putting you down, you fucking bastard. They all were pretty somber about it. I don't think they would just be like fuck Jon Snow. Do what I think they would want to give him full, if nothing else, for the respect of the institution of Lord Commander. Mm -hmm. That they would want to do the full burial rites and honors due to someone of his stature. Maybe so, maybe so. But then I I don't know how Jon comes back. Like. We've never seen Melisandre bring someone back from fire. Yeah. It's always her throwing someone into fire. So here's something from the books that I think maybe Sam had a throwaway line about it. That Jon Snow, it turns out, according to the chronology of the Black Brothers, he's the 998th Lord Commander. Okay. Of what significance is that? Well, because this is just something interesting. So presumably he dies. Someone else has to be made Lord Commander. Mm Mm-hmm. Which would be the nine hundred ninety ninth? The thou- something about the thousandth Lord Commander is getting, that's a nice round special number. Okay. No one. I mean, there. I don't. There's not a lot of like what this all means. Are but you suggesting that John comes back and becomes the thousandth as well? Maybe. So or that maybe Sam the... is, and he's like hmm, Sam okay. is Azora High. I, I I don't know. I'm just saying that like. It's not for nothing that they make a big point out of the fact that he's 998. They'll be in, we're probably going to see the 1000th Lord Commander and what of what significance is that? Right. I, I don't know that it would be John because wouldn't he have to take the vows again? And sure. Wouldn't that of course. preclude him from getting on the throne and lo- owning lands and like all the kind of stuff we've talked about wanting to see or or other theories. So I mean. But there could. It's also could be bound up with be right. like there's a there's a couple leading theories about how the reason the White Walkers are invading is because. There was an ancient pact between man and the White Walkers where, you know, they're going to put up the wall and, and ne'er the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. But somehow, because it's been thousands and thousands of years and man has forgotten, they're not keeping up some end of their bargain. So, right, and, right. And, and also that the maybe that the Night's Watch has become kind of a perversion of its original purpose and that a lot of these rules and restrictions are not necessary, that maybe there'll be a renewal of the Night's Watch, or maybe the Night's Watch will no longer need to be in force after the whole Dream of Spring happens, or maybe the Thousandth Lord Commander will have, you know, some kind of, um, you know, uh, reforms that they put in place. Like, I, I, I'm just I'm just putting sure, it out because yeah. there's something, I do think there's something to the Thousandth Lord Commander that's special. I don't okay. know what it is. Who, be, um, who becomes Lord Commander now? It's got to be just, Alistair, Just going right? to pose it, yeah. I, I can't imagine that he doesn't yeah. move, move on up, move back on up. up. Yeah, he, well, he was acting Lord Commander. Right. I, I was going to say, I thought he was, but... Until they had the election. Sure, because What's-His-Nuts died up in the... Yeah, the old bear. Up north, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That's Craster's another thing team. I wanted to, 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 to drop down. Um, so he has some defense of this, Steve does, for his three-episode arc. Okay. He says, how unsatisfying is the... He goes, why he thinks this is going to da- go down. He goes, how unsatisfying would it be for the Red Woman to just say some magic words <laughs> Bring and him have back. J- him come back? Although that that that's kind of what happened with Thoros of Myrrh. Right. 
He said, right. I was praying. I was just saying my prayers over my f- I didn't even intend to bring it back to life, but the Lord moves in his mysterious ways. Hmm. Uh, also, why would the watch just not kill him again? The magic works are known and not epic <laughs> enough to get the watch to let him go. It's like, yeah, like... He doesn't become be, immortal. Yeah, it'd be right. like, uh, zombies of Jon Snow, kill it with fire. Yeah. But it also makes me wonder, like, if Catelyn comes back as that through the same magical process, how the fuck does she just not die instantly with her bloated-ass corpse? Like... There must be some kind of sustaining magic here, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, I I started your heart again, and now if your body can handle it, you'll be sure. alive. Which that's the thing, like the, the he, that's why he thinks that he has to be burned because emerging from the flames would be, you know, that that, that it would, would con- signify, and also that he's not a white walker or he's not a white because right. he would be, you know, that's not something they can do. What if he just perpetually burns? <laughs> It's He's not just it's, on fire. It's not the flaming sword that's right. the lightbringer. It's it's the man who's holding the swords on fire. Yeah. And just screaming all the time. That would ah! be amazing for the rest of the series. He's Three seasons fire. of Jon Snow sure. on fire. The last shot He's is him sitting torch. on the Iron Throne on fire screaming. <laughs> the to- the, what kind of hell is that? Perpetually the, the king. The Iron Throne is glowing cherry red. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song of ice and fire. You had your ice, Jon uh, Snow. Now you get your fire. Yep. Um, for the rest of time. So yeah, his final bullet point is, if you get saved by the Lord of Light, one would think you'd become a devotee of the Lord of Light. That has plot implications. All right, yeah. Targaryen lore, fire lore gives him a free hand. I don't know what he means by that last part, but true. If he becomes, like, you know, that's another way he could become the Song of Ice and Fire, because he holds to the nor- the old gods, mm-hmm. representing this, the, the ice and all that. But let me ask you this. What and if he wargs into Ghost? Okay. Which is his old god the, shit, who, right? Immediately burst into flames. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's, <laughs> it's got a his, flaming dog, sure. The stink. Ooh, the stink <laughs> alone. Uh, no, he wargs into Ghost using his old god powers, right? Uh-huh. His, his Stark his shit. And then Melisandre resurrects his body and he wargs back into that. Which god does he serve? Because well, so clearly the Lord of Light has resed his body. Yeah. His mind was transferred through the old god powers. Yeah. That so that brings me back to the faceless man idea that there's only one true God who they ascribed as death. Okay. There could be something that that right. You know, like they're again, all praying to the same God accidentally. This this is one universal mystical force. Uh-huh. It's got the light side and the dark side. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> but there's like maybe John will actually religiously unify the people too. Okay. Uh, that he's like this Azora High is like this is, is literally a Christ like figure. Yeah. You know, one thing Christ did is he put away the old law covenant and gave us Christianity. So got to stomp out the sparrows for that to happen. Well, and they do need stomping, Jim. They I think need we can all agree. stomping like you wouldn't believe. Oh, uh, they need stomping. So that's that's the uh, preview spoiler podcast. We went an hour and 15, which scares me for what we're going to be doing in the middle of the season. But, you know, <laughs> Well, you had a lot of catching up to do for these theories. And there's still some coming your oh, way, brother. God, I'm already so confused. This has been just an avalanche of information. Yeah. Yeah. That I have no reference point for either. You feel like, like Neo, you I just, do. You just yeah. spent three hours learning. Kung I know food. Game of Thrones. <laughs> show me <laughs> on this map, literally right now. Yes. Show me <laughs> where is the uh, the castle? Black. Point out the Quiet Isle. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can do that. I can actually do that. You think now. you could? Yeah, it's yeah, in it's... some little inlet riverland on the the eastern coast of Westeros. Yeah. Yes. There's only one of those in all the map. Well, I got a I got a rough shape in my head. No, I don't envy you because I I went through this, but I also did it over the course of reading five books. 
right like the better like a like a you know three to four month period so your 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 brain case is definitely expanding yeah bear with me i'm sure i'll forget half this shit and also bear with me because you know it seems like at the beginning of every season i get a lot of hate mail from new listeners making fun of me not being able to pronounce names and getting names wrong sure that's just whatever i got to round into mid-season shape man like i uh it it takes a while i'm not i don't do a year-round game of thrones podcast and one of the right. consequences of that is it's not always as fresh in my mind. But I feel like I have a command of most of the, the, the facts, and I will get the, names are just a problem for me, man. They have been. I have a hard yeah. time pronouncing them. I have a hard time getting them straight. That's and not this a Game is, of Thrones thing. And it's not – Game of Thrones doesn't help that problem for you. Yeah. With the similarity of places and yes. people. And There are many podcasts that get the details meticulously right um, that sure. you, you may prefer if that's a stick, uh, you're a stickler for that. Um, cause God knows there's like 50 Game of Thrones podcasts. Uh, 50 more spring up every year. If you made it to like the end, goddamn weeds. if you made it to the end, I appreciate you giving us a chance or returning. It's nice to see you again. I'm excited. Uh, you know, just a quick word on the tinfoil. I only have like one or two theories that I could deploy at this point. Hmm. Um, and I don't really feel comfortable. Like some of one of them, especially is a new that's, that's, I'm kind of waiting to see whether it gets support or not that just came out on Reddit like a three, four weeks ago that I like. But again, it's like liking a theory is one part. You got to actually have support for it and, and yeah. let people kick it around and see what kind of stuff can be proven or disproven on it. Um, but yeah. I, this is going to be the, – the, the, this is the year where we're actually looking the other way. We're looking for show stuff to start revisiting these theories and proving them wrong or proving them right. So I think right. that's what the spoiler section is going to be. You know, what pieces of details have been now confirmed or denied, and maybe that will spin some other theories uh, by, by proving some wrong or proving some right. I don't know. I'm going to feel... But it's not going to be a lot of tinfoil, I don't think, this year. I think I'll probably feel a lot more prepared for these podcasts, because like in years past, I haven't been able to look at literally anything about yeah. this show, um, because spoilers are everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. it's so hard to avoid them. Uh and I was unspoiled. Now that I can go and indulge in spoilers and there's nothing really too crazy right. um, that's going to ruin my enjoyment, I can I can start reading stuff and feeling like, okay, I'm getting a handle on places and people and things in the universe sure. a lot better sure. um, from week to week. So I'm hoping that this will actually improve the standard you know, Tuesday podcast that we're doing yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh, unfortunately the death of the mildly interesting. I think right. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's had a nice long five season run, um, and you know if anyone I you can, if you want to blame anyone for it, blame George Barton because the books had come out. I've been happy to. I mean that's what I was that's what I was saying. I'm like, please George, for Christmas, can you get me the Winds of Winter with four months of time to read them and speculate yeah. on them? And yeah. he, he didn't he didn't keep his end of the bargain. So here's where we're at. We it's, need a. Uh bumper sticker that has like a tombstone with yeah. mildly interesting on it yeah r.i.p yeah. mildly interesting like from the date of the first podcast <laughs> right. to now. um yeah. that'd be that that's yeah, actually would not be a bad merch idea okay mm. uh <laughs> but no i i even if i didn't give a shit about game of thrones i think i'd be interested in it just from the fact that this is kind of unprecedented um someone mentioned that like they actually did this with kind of with full metal alchemist um oh they did yeah, the, the 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 show got ahead of the manga, and uh-huh. then the manga finished, and then the show came back and did an alternate finish, and then the there's yeah. like, so it's not unprecedented, but you know, 
it, in it my experience very it often is. and nothing yeah. at this high profile prestige level yeah so. and, and i'm not familiar with full metal alchemist so i don't know how that turned out but right so in my experience this is unique and interesting and yep. exciting yeah in some ways so there you go um it's going to be it's going to be epic and different <laughs> And a lot of different ways, and that might not yeah. be. And hopefully, the show will continue to be good. I do have. I actually kind of think that maybe the show might get better because the fact that it's been kind of dodgy the last season or two might be them not wanting to commit to things to see what George does. Now, or they're like, "Well, we got the outline, so fuck it, we're going to go." Right. I think they of... do are natural storytellers, and they got a knack for 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 bringing these things to satisfying conclusions and. But the, so. then the other theory is, well, they've been cribbing from some of the best works of fantasy, and now they got nothing right. to crib from. So buckle up. If you like the bad poussey, then yeah. more of that. And and uh, gray worm mm-hmm. relationships. Yep, yep. With his fellow sister slave, whatever. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. If you got some feedback for us, as always, Game of Thrones at BaldMove.com, uh, or you can get on the forums. We'll, for each episode, we're going to have a spoiler thread and a non-spoiler thread. Please keep it separated. Uh, again, there'll be less and less. I don't know. Like Maybe in episode six, I just like, fuck it. There's going to be one thread. Okay. That, I, with, with, because we'll someone was outraged with me on Facebook that I posted the picture of Blind Aria holding a stick. Why? Why? She? We know she's blind. The, I, we know she can said. hold a stick. She that's has what's two like, hands. Well, she holds a stick at some point in daylight. <laughs> like, okay. but there's some people that are really fucking know, traumatized by spoilers with this show in particular. Because I gotta say, sure, not all the book readers have been nicey nice about not gleefully spoiling. Oh, the, I bet uh, show watchers. So uh, we don't do I that here. Um, but I could see, I could, I could foresee a point where it's like there's no point in doing separate separate show and and uh yeah uh, book threads well we'll see game of thrones at baldmove.com forums at baldmove.com we will see you sunday night at 10 p.m eastern we're going to record the instant podcast if you're a club bald move member you can watch us the video feed so you can get it instantly it'll be out 20 30 minutes later as, mm-hmm. as fast as we can edit it and po- post it out and then of course tuesday we'll have the full coverage and next friday we'll have another spoiler edition until then i'm aaron and i'm jim have a great weekend you. 